1: Hey what's up everybody this is Cyberpunk Uncensored and I am Rob Mulligan. Today's episode is all about Chris Hockabout. Hey what's up Chris?
0: (laughs) Hey Rob how's it going?
1: Good so yeah anybody listening if you don't know who Chris is I don't want to get into exactly what's up but I mean when I when I met you and again I don't want to get into those details yet but how I kind of ran into you was you commenting a video and then I looked into what that was about and I was like holy shit man this guy is like you know, cyberpunk royalty here, I, I was kind of blown back. I was like, wow, that's f- awesome. So, but, but, but before we get into yeah. that, before we get into that, let's, let's take it back a little bit and let's talk about, you know, how you got into being an artist. Like what, what, when did you originally get into drawing and, and being an artist, you know?
0: It was just one of those things I did a lot as a kid, Yeah, you know, like Saturday morning cartoons and sitting down in front with uh, a pad of paper and pens and, and just drawing and drawing, drawing, and and um, and then getting into D and D when I was in sixth grade, and and that just became kind of an engine of creativity, and and uh, uh, and actually drawing people's art, their character portraits, just kind of as a way for me to like uh, pay for game conventions and, and stuff like that, and and um, uh, yeah, and so, but I was also like had a pender for writing and actually designed like tabletop RPGs since I was like a little kid, like a sub uh, blade runner and the warriors in the same week. And I came up with like a, 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 game, which was sort of like a prototypical cyberpunk called gang war, where you played a whole gang instead of like a single character. Nice. So it's just been, you know, honestly, tabletop role playing games have probably been the biggest thing that drove my art for sure i think
1: yeah what was your well what when you first got into it i mean obviously you said as like a little kid so you know you had a talent for drawing you enjoyed it you got into it kept following it and progressing more and more but what was your you know your initial big influences any you know famous artists or things that were kind of an influence or did you just gradually get into it and get better and better Or how did it go
0: uh you know like uh a lot of my biggest artistic inspirations came from comics you know uh as a kid in the 80s reading like uh um uh x-men a lot of x-men you know it was it was john byrne was sort of like the, the standard barry was a big influence on you know how i was drawing like anatomy and, and action and dynamic figures and stuff and and but actually in in uh D and art. Dave Trampier, the guy who did Wormy and stuff. His color work was like hugely influential. I was so sort of blown away, and tried everything I could to kind of like emulate his style and the use of, of feltic pens and blending and everything. I learned a lot from him, and uh, uh, and those were sort of like my my like big artistic influences, and Frank Frazetta and. And, but, you know, I had a European mom, so she always tried to jam as much like classic art in front of my face as she could. And then probably, you know, well, osmosis maybe got in there too. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: So, and then at what age did you kind of, well, you said as a kid you were, you were, you know, creating RPGs and kind of, you know, getting into writing as well, not just the art you're creating your own games, but let's, let's now take it up to, you know, how did you get involved with our Talsorian games or cyberpunk or, you know, just how did that relationship start?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I had, we had mutual friends. Like I I was friends with people who worked at some of the comic book stores in uh, Berkeley. Uh, And, and Mike Pondsmith was, you know, um, we're also part of that sort of like that, that social circle. And, and so I knew about, Mike Pondsmith, and because I was also a Mechton fan, I liked playing Mechton, and um, which was his Mecha RPG, and um, and so I got into playing um, uh, Cyberpunk the first edition and re- started a campaign on it, and uh, immediately just because uh, being a creative guy, I just like started like making shit, and so came up with like these two uh, uh, little little like addendum magazines that I gave to my gaming group. Uh, that was Interface, and that was sort of like the prototype of Interface. And we ran a game every week. Every weekend was um, every weekend at a game store uh, in Alameda, and uh, we I'm running my Cyberpunk game, and just I don't know sheer luck. Freaking Mike Pondsmith walks into the back of the game store where I'm running Cyberpunk, and immediately <laughs> I'm just like holding up my like. Little my my little like you know, um, uh, printed out like little magazine going oh Mr. Possum you know, <laughs> and I had him take a look and and also I had a lot of my artwork and I was showing him that and and he was like hey hey he said, yeah you, you you I really like this stuff you know if yeah, anyone heard of my responses <laughs> for uh, like and uh and so that started I started doing artwork for cyberpunk stuff from that The first thing I did was in was in uh, uh, near orbit. And did some kind of like that I don't know um, uh, it was like the first published stuff I ever did and um, but then he wanted to do uh, uh, uh magazine he was impressed with the magazine that I did and, nice uh, but, that led to
1: but when you met him, so it was basically. You know, you, you showed off your art and everything after you got yeah. excited about CNN. I imagine, you know, and uh, yeah. and then once he saw it, it was that. That's kind of what opened the door. He saw it was it, he liked yeah. it and was like, man, let's work right. together. And he, you said he was kind of focused on the magazine first or something. What's that about?
0: Well, I mean, Mike he, Posner he, was great, and and uh, in terms of like he gave this young and experienced artist a lot of work. And um, a lot of my artwork showed up. And, you know, once second edition 2020 came out, um, he had me do a ton of work for the core book. He had me do a bunch of work on the Night City source book and uh, Forlorn Hope and and Brave and the Free, I think. Free and the Brave. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, That's uh,
1: absolutely iconic. And wanted,
0: yeah. And, and when he wanted to do the magazine, um, I was you know nineteen twenty and didn't know what the hell I was doing and and even though I had like ideas and stuff, but um a friend of mine who's also like huge uh influence on me uh, there's a guy named Thaddeus house and he and I actually started Prometheus press and that's what that was sort of like the general publishing house for interface magazine and um, he's currently the one of the top he's the answer guy on quora you should go. Check oh.
1: him out. Okay, very cool. Yeah, yeah, so, but, but what, see, what was the first book with our Talsorian that he hired you for before you got into, um, you know, full on into 2020, the core book, and then obviously the Night City source book. To me, the, the, the core 2020 second edition, the, the Night City source book, those to me are like the big iconic, you know, and then you got Forlorn Hope, you've got the other source books, yeah. but to me, those, those, those big, core source of night city and then the core rule book yeah. that's where I'm just like man amazing I mean just all, all your work it's still just uh you know burned into my brain I can still see it it's, th- it's that good you know
0: yeah well thanks I mean um but what was first you know, when you know, i how, that, how, you said it was well, the first big one I mean the first thing you know I did a couple pieces in um in near orbit which was their space you know um, yeah. uh, expansion that was for th- for the first edition, I believe. And most of the artwork in there was actually from Harrison Fong, a really, really uh, talented artist. And, um, but the first big stuff I did was for the, this 2020 book when he had me do, you know, like, uh, some, some big pieces in there. I was, I was just, you know, uh, uh, just really proud. I just like this, this, you <laughs> know, young, uh, gamer nerd who like, you know, loved our tell story and, and looked up to Mike Pondsmith and, you know, and I would run games at local conventions for him too, just sort of like, you know, hey Chris, I need you to run this, like you know, cyber uh, cyberpunk game you can do that for me? Yeah, no problem, like I got it, you know, I'm like <laughs> just like run like a game, a cyberpunk game for people off the top of my dome. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, that's so awesome. Um,
1: but then, okay, then after that, was that the first book that you had a couple pieces in, and then it was just diving into twenty twenty and the Night City? I mean, or did you, or it was kind of a gradual build working with them? working with my Oh,
0: team. no, I mean, it was the, the, the proper, I mean, 2010 and was doing really well for them. And they had a constant slate of releases that needed artwork. And they, you know, they hired, um, uh, a lot of people, you know, do a lot of people do really, really great art for for them as well. as like Scott Ruggles and, uh, who, who, who I, I learned a lot of, a lot about, uh, shading, uh, from him as well. Um, and, uh, so it was just like, a, it was just the thing. It was like this constant work, you know, hey, what's next on the horizon, Mike? Oh, hey, we got this module coming up and and I want you to do some pieces for that. It's like, okay, great. And and it really only ended after I after I started, um, when I got my first job in the video game industry. And uh, I just didn't didn't really have the time anymore to to, uh, to you know, do uh, a few more pieces for, for Art Historian.
1: Uh, yeah, I was going to... Which ask was sad.
0: Something.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was going to totally ask that too is, you know, how how did the the relationship end or whatever? So it was you, you ended up getting a, a I guess a bigger more full-time gig with uh in the video game industry. That's what it was?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was it was a career, you know, it was a, an actual career. I mean, I would have liked uh I would have liked when you know, I wouldn't minded carrying on in um, with Artasorian and in, in the tip-top business, but you know, as a young artist, like getting to work at LucasArts, being, you know, an uber Star Wars nerd kid. Um, you know, you just don't turn that down. And um, uh, and really the last, you know, the last big piece I did, I did one full page image for Cyber Generation, which I was really, really happy with. It was this uh, nice uh, blended black and black and white piece Uh and, oh, and I did the and the cover of uh, Listen Up, You Primitive Screwheads, Mike's uh, nice. guide to game mastering. Yeah.
1: yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, out of all of them, out of every, you know, I, I could name a, a bunch that just stick in my head. But for you, what do you think is, you know, two things. What it was your favorite piece that you created for the cyberpunk genre, whatever book, whatever source, whatever, whenever, what's your favorite and then what do you think is the most i don't know famous or iconic or
0: whatever uh no honestly i mean my favorite piece probably there it's it's a piece out of euro tour and this was uh you know i felt like i really grew grew artistically releasing my technique they doing the concept work for historian that it did forced me to to just practice and learn more and and develop my talent and my 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 skill set more and so definitely the the stuff towards the end was probably more polished than some of my earlier stuff. But like there's a piece in the, in the Euro tour uh, uh, campaign that is where one of the main NPCs has been murdered in a church and she's lying, she's got blood. And apparently Mike was saying that like, you know, he was like, yeah, so the players are, are you know, this is a character that the players are really going to come to associate with. So, you know, we want to have this be an emotional scene. Like the people, the, the iconic RP, the the characters that are in that scene should be like affected so there's like a big burly solo guy like looking around to see who killed her and he's got like a single tear running down you through his you know his mirror shades or whatever and and I just really like that how that piece came out and um and then I don't know if I was to say most iconic I, I there's a, a they removed it unfortunately for the, 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 later generation or the later prints of uh, this, the second edition. But uh, on the, the title page, when he opened it, there was like this panel of these four characters. And, um, Mike, Michael told me that he wanted them. He wanted the four horsemen of the apocalypse rendered in in a cyberpunk styles as this nice. mercenary group. So it was essentially, you know, um, death was a guy in a suit and glasses and had a cigarette and and uh famine was or, or plague was a guy with like you know uh, like a gas mask on and he looked like he suffered a disease or something and famine was the skinny lean guy who, who with cybernetic arms it was like a martial artist and of course war was like this big guy with a huge gun sling over his shoulder <laughs> and i just thought those were like really cool actually no Actually, if I were to say iconic, because it's probably the only picture that's ever been referenced by anyone, is the drawing I did of the Bozos for the the um, Night City Sourcebook. See, that's funny because uh,
1: I love everything. Yeah, everything that you mentioned, and I can I can see, you know, even more than that. Like I said, it's all stuck in my head. You know, I love it so much. But uh, and but definitely, I was going to say the Bozos because you did a lot of the gang stuff, and to me, I feel like. The bozos are just so iconic, and I just learned the other day. I guess it was um, uh, Mike Pondsmith's wife, Lisa, who came up with the boz the idea for the bozos.
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool. And the funny thing was, the day I sat down on my desk, and I had a TV next to my desk. The day I sat down at my desk to to, to draw these, and I was like, you know, before the age of you know having the internet, we're like, oh, I need photo reference for for clowns. I don't freaking own any clown books uh so i'm like oh we're we gonna get some clown gotta go to the library and i turn on the tv Shadow and this freaking Brothers. killer clowns came on and not only is that now like one of my favorite movies ever but it was exactly what i needed at that moment to, to draw like uh those clowns and you know i admittedly like back then you know this was drawn in the late early 90s which is really still kind of like the 80s in the mindset and um you look at what cd project red i think what their bozos look like and it's sort of like you know it, it, it looks cool it looks cyberpunk my stuff you know the bozos might all look cool you know uh the cyberpunk aesthetic had really been had really matured i think uh yeah in some ways so it's i'm that's why i'm really happy to see just sort of what the guys at cd project red it's sort of like
1: done. yeah no, i like how it evolved too but I'm definitely a fan of what, you know, kind of how you had it. It to me, it was there was more diverse in the characterization, and that's not taking anything away yeah. from where it's going, you know. But for me, yeah. like you know, I do the live gameplay, and when I incorporated the bozos when I was doing a 2020 red hybrid game, this is before I had the the red rules from Artelsorian, but. Um, Back when I was streaming that, I brought in the bozos, and I totally made them. You know, there was a real short one with a shotgun. There was two dudes with like they had like a a submachine gun in one hand and a pie in another, something something along those lines. So there was you know one dude had a big flower that was squirting out some shit. You know, like it was just you know goofy but kind of terrifying because they were just unpredictable. And I love that about your art. I find clowns get that out of that. You know?
0: Yeah, I don't like clowns really. (laughs) (laughs) Like I find them terrifying. So I like to play that straight too. When I was running my campaigns, it was like you know, seeing a bunch of clowns gambling across the park towards you, and then they just start pulling out like you know, mono katanas and like throwing knives. And <laughs> like one guy's got like you know, some machine guns in both hands. And they start like popping off, laughing. You know, yeah, bad. <laughs> and and good. So yeah,
1: no, exactly. I think oh, yeah. the, the unpredictability of them, but that's that's what I love about. Your artwork is—it has character to it that, like, it has a vibe that I could feel, not just see, and that's what I loved about it. And it, I could tell that you had a passion for what exactly. it was. You weren't just—you know—it wasn't just a job. It was—it was a pat. There was a passion into it, you know. Oh
0: yeah, I mean, the first time, you know, first time I ever saw the Cyberpunk RPG, made might have been, had that same kind of revelatory moment that might that you and a lot of probably other people had. It was like, yeah, this is why I want to play. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> It's like, this feels yeah okay. You no know, dwarves nails. Even though I still play games with a lot of dwarves nails, but um, yeah yeah. Uh, no, so, I, st- I still I yeah. still
1: love D and D too. But I agree with you hundred percent. Like cyberpunk just has such a a dark realism grittiness to it. Especially in this day and age. I mean, oh my god, it's almost like a yeah. mirror image <laughs> of what's going on. You know. Yeah. But um. But, but yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. all those Gen Xers are like. told you so (laughs) yeah
1: exactly exactly um no but one thing i wanted to ask you about that you know talking about like the bozos for instance let's just that, that specifically but obviously all your art when it came to kind of creating these iconic images and giving them that much character and that much vibe like just how like when they're like for the sake of conversation the bozos in that image you know the just the different shapes and sizes it does feel you know uh uh clowns from outer space influence i can totally see it i I love those brothers i know them actually out here um and and what they do in the filmmaking industry but uh when they when whether it was lisa or mike or whoever was coming up with an idea for the game or coming to you with it how much description would be there how much freedom would you have an influence in the art or would they kind of lay it out amazingly to where you're like oh i can totally see what you're saying and then get it or how, how did that process work
0: well it gave me a lot of freedom like um Descriptions were, were always, you know, a single sentence, always very general. And um, uh, there wasn't, like, at the time, if I'd probably thought more about it, sometimes some of the multiple pieces I did uh, for, like, some of the adventures, or like um, like Euro Tour, I might have tried to preserve sort of continuity of, of secondary characters in the scene to kind of give it the feeling like you're looking at scenes from a game, the game group that's being run. But in general, it was just sort of like, uh, just coming with every like just any anything I'd, like you know been inspired by. And Mike was was always great. Mike and Lisa in particular were just always great in like just talking to me about stuff and like shooting stuff back and forth and and just like kind of like giving me a lot of like like freedom. And I just ultimately, I guess, because they were happy with what I was doing and and, um, and they're just sweet people, yeah good people supporting him and um, uh, you know, really helped me grow uh, as a as an artist and and gave me a, gave me a platform and something to feel confident about which I needed a lot of good time
1: nice yeah. no definitely it definitely seems like you know it's not just a mom and pop shop or whatever you want to call it like it is literally a family run business you know what i mean and it feels like just i don't know like good hearted family like you, you know it's hard running a business or doing anything like that with friends or family that's that's difficult for them to pull it off says something uh you know to their character in the way that they all are like they yeah. love what they're doing and, and it shows and i think that's really cool yeah. for, for you to kind of explain that too like that's really that's nice um
0: well i mean it's one of, i'm so so happy for them with with um you know the the just blowing up with 2077 i was just like Practically fell over, I was so stoked on when I heard that that studio, that that studio in particular, was making a cyberpunk game because i I've finished Witcher three and it's one of my favorite RPGs ever. And and so this feels like like the kind of success that uh, or recognition I felt uh, Tal Sorian and Mike in particular been due for a very long time. Yeah, yeah,
1: I was talking with Jay about that in a recent interview as well, and it definitely seems like. There's a lot of things like for instance I di- I didn't even know um you know just just little you know key rules and points and influence that he seems to have had in the RPG industry in general let alone what he's done with his individual creative yeah. ideas and then like you said the the evolution of this just how it, it after all that time it's finally kind of coming around and shedding some light and it's not like uh you know he did anything new it's still the same genre the same thing he's doing he created red and into you know i love how he evolved 2020 up through red and how it's going to get into 2077 and the the lore that i do know so far it's just it's amazing and i love it's just such an epic journey and i think it's great like like you said it's well deserved but how how do you you know feel about it all going, I mean, uh, you know, from 2020 through red up to 2077, how do you feel about the video game? Like, for instance, I'm excited that it's coming out, hopefully going to shed some more light to the tabletop, which I'm, I'm more of a fan for, but you being oh, yeah, in the yeah. video game industry as well. And so are you more excited for the video game shedding light or vice
0: versa? Or How do you feel about all that? No, no, I'm definitely, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm definitely, you know, the, the video game will be fun to play. When you're done with it, you're going to be done with it. And I love the idea that a game that's going to be that big is hopefully going to drive a lot of people to the tabletop game. And so in essence, yeah, I'm I'm really stoked that Mike and the tabletop RPG he's created are going to get just like such a big um, platform, really, to sort of show his vision and then just sort of like draw people in um, that's, that's what excites me the most.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I feel the same way. I think it's going to bring a lot of attention and it's well-deserved. And I think like you said, once you do the video game at one point, it's going to be done other than, you know, if they, if they're doing the multiplayer online, you know, open world style thing. But even then, uh, you know, the tabletop role-playing game is the ultimate open world. And I think uh, there's going to be a big chunk from the video game that's either going to do both or one or the other, or when they're done with that, they're going to see that. And, and I think that's, what's going to be attractive is that uh, new people are going to realize that, 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 you know, role-playing game tabletop exists and it's such an open world. Um, I was surprised well, online and it's, some, it's, some groups, some kids talking about the video game. were just like, Oh shit. That, you know, cyberpunk was a tabletop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty yeah, cool. It's, it's
0: it's it's new the right time, too. I think like tabletop culture is sort of, you know, Someone who who started playing D in nineteen eighty, like, you know, seeing it the way it is now, um, and the kind of like, the pervasiveness of it now and the kind of like mainstream acceptance of it, I think um in essence, I mean think about it, apart from D D, no other role playing game, except for maybe World of Darkness, has has given any kind of level of name recognition beyond outside of tabletop circles now. Now Cyberpunk will sort of like just as you said, that kid would go, holy crap, there's a tabletop RPG? I love D&D. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tip of the iceberg, kid.
1: Exactly. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm excited as hell for it. Very excited. But um where can people find you? Like, do you have a, a main website or online, you know, brand that you're working on? Or, or, or is... You know, this just something you did in the past and you're not looking for that sort of attention anymore because, like I said, I was shocked when, you know, you happened to come across the video about Cyberpunk Gangs, I think was the episode. I have the podcast episode, but then I made that video where I put the artwork, and that's what I wanted to do with this episode of the podcast, and it's the reason I didn't stream live video. I do want to do a live video episode with you and kind of go over some other stuff um, in the near future because uh, I do enjoy chatting with you and everything you've done. But I, I wanted to do this strictly podcast so then I could go make a video featuring your artwork throughout the episode. I thought that would be pretty cool. Yeah. But you originally saw the gang one. I think you commented, like, hey, it's cool to see the bozos get some uh, recognition, something along those lines. I was like, oh, who's this guy? You know, and I think I looked you up and I was like, holy shit.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, well, oh, thanks. Anyway, but, um, but where can people I, you know, find I you? I'm a crappy self promoter. Um, I mean, I've, I've been working in the video game industry since 93 and, and I worked at LucasArts and I've worked at, uh, I worked on City Heroes, um, the, the superhero MMO and I worked at Telltale on a number of games there and, and, um, so my work is out there. You, you can play crap that I've made and, uh, you might enjoy it, uh, and, uh. I do have a tabletop RPG that I that I published along with a few friends of mine um, through White Wolf's Art House label called The Secrets of Ziran, which was kind of like a Call of Cthulhu meets Hayao Miyazaki pulp fantasy setting, um, wow. and uh, it it uh, didn't catch on. Publishing error probably had something to do with it, but. Uh, we are working on, or I am working on uh, the uh, uh, second edition uh, currently, but you know, writing RPGs is hard and slow and when you're a dad with a full-time job uh, uh, designing games for a living, doing uh, writing for a living, sometimes uh, you don't have a whole lot of creative juice left over uh, at the end of the day for your own personal stuff uh, but uh, if you go to the Secret of Zoran page in Facebook, you'll find any activity uh, related to the second edition being posted there. And um, other than that, uh, I currently work at Cloud Chamber, which is a new studio for 2K games, and our game will be releasing in a few years, so you can keep your eye out for that as well.
1: Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Well, most definitely I'm going to look up that sort of stuff because I had no idea. Um, but I was going to say in the least you you should consider, and I know you're, you're with everything you named, you know, you're pressed for time, full-time job, dad, all that stuff, you know, it's, it's a balancing game and I'm sure you you lack the balance just like the rest of us that are trying to hustle so many things, but if you can fit one more thing, I would definitely suggest trying to make some type of fan page for yourself as an artist, um, or showcasing some type of. I don't know cyberpunk themed <laughs> commissions because people like myself and that are fans from that it's it's cult classic stuff to us and man you okay. could probably make a bank just doing commissions and fun stuff <laughs> as if you have time I know you don't but that was just my first thought
0: <laughs> uh, uh, no uh, that's that's awfully sweet you and my wife are you know uh, telling me the same thing um, well there you go and I'll, we'll get right on that oh <laughs> yeah.
1: Definitely consider it, but no, thanks so much for joining me, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, I, I, um, I feel, you know, honored that our paths crossed the way that they did and we were able to do this. So thanks so much, man. Well, thank you so much
0: for, you know, I feel honored. So thank you for, for, Oh man. Yeah. Me.
1: No problem. And like I said, uh, I definitely want to plan sometime soon doing you know some type of live video interview, may, maybe something to go over some specific stuff. Maybe it could be a game master sure. tips with with uh, RPG creating or writing because I do a series of game master tips. Um, so maybe there's something there as well because like you know I learned today in this great interview that you're more than just an artist. You know you're creating games and doing so much more. So maybe there's something there too. But I'd love to do a video thing in the near future with you. But um, yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, and and running games too, like, you know, um, I'm a passionate game master and um, would love to run some Cyberpunk again. That'd be great.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome. You know, um, we're actually starting up under the Cyberpunk Uncensored brand, the site, the channel, uh, featuring playlists where we're going to stream other game masters, whether they're doing one shots or ongoing campaigns or whatever. And it's just kind of a great way to... Uh, Combine forces and instantly stream and get you know a fan base and a platform to show it off to, which is kind of fun. But um, but you know, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, let's talk about that sometime soon too, because that would be great. But um, but yeah, anybody listening, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, anybody listening, check them out. Look up uh, you know, the games he was mentioning. Look out for the video showcasing his art. I'm definitely going to make that for the Cyberpunk Uncensored channel, and then uh, look out for upcoming streams that I'm going to do. Uh, with chris here and uh yeah you know thanks for listening and tuning in if you're seeing this on any one of the platforms i know this podcast goes out to like 30 plus platforms or whatever so all i can say is you know subscribe follow give it a like give it a share wherever you're at i really appreciate that um any last words before i kill this transmission here chris uh don't hurt yourself
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, take care of your loved ones
1: Hell yeah. It's been weird out there. That is definitely a good point to bring up. Uh, You know, recently it's not just been crazy with all the political turmoil and the protesting and riots and the crazy, just crazy, you know, news going on. But now we've got these fires and everything else. I mean, it's just, it's a good point. Everybody take care and be safe. I think that's a good thing to end on there. But once again, thanks for joining me. Everybody take care.